Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Hey there. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Welcome to Talk About Talk. Talk About Talk is the communication skills focused podcast for lifelong learners and folks who are seeking to get noticed and advance their careers. Does that sound like you? Well, you're in the right place. Sure, some people make communication skills look easy, but it's not easy. It takes practice and it takes know-how. Talk About Talk gives you the know-how on things like storytelling, communicating with confidence, and today we're going to work on communicating online, specifically optimizing your LinkedIn profile. We all know that networking is critical. As our guest in today's episode reminds us, your network is your net worth. Now more than ever, that network is online. Hello LinkedIn. This episode is for anyone who's on LinkedIn or who wants to get on LinkedIn. After you've listened to this episode, you'll know exactly what you need to do to optimize your profile so you can leverage the online network, the network transparency that LinkedIn enables. In this episode, you'll hear my interview with social media guru Andrew Jenkins, where I ask him lots and lots of questions about how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Andrew shares so much advice. After our interview, I went straight to my laptop and started updating my profile. Trust me, you're going to want to do the same thing. So, I've made it super easy for us. If you go to the podcast show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll see a succinct step-by-step LinkedIn checklist that I created for all of us. You're welcome. I'll remind you about this again at the end of the episode. All right, let's get going. First, let me start by asking you, have you ever been at an event and connected with someone on LinkedIn in real time? It seems to happen more and more these days. Forget business cards. Just connect on LinkedIn. Or have you ever been on a Zoom call and connected with someone on LinkedIn during the Zoom meeting? I have to admit, I did that just yesterday. There are almost 700 million active users on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's a big number. For context, that means almost one in every 10 human beings on the planet is on LinkedIn. That's big. And LinkedIn's been voted the most trusted network for the past 3 years. And trust is kind of a big thing these days, isn't it? What else is a big thing? Well, working from home and working online. Meeting people online. Working with people online. Basically, what I'm saying is that LinkedIn has become more important than ever in terms of your career and your opportunity to network. So, what are these 700 million people doing on LinkedIn? Of course, there's professional networking. making connections with people in your industry with potential customers with suppliers and more there's also industry thought leadership there's articles videos white papers posts comments and even conversations you can create an identity for yourself and you can learn what else are people doing on linkedin well there's marketing marketing of your firm of your brand and marketing of yourself And of course there's job searching. In 2019, more than 4 million people were hired directly through LinkedIn, and I can tell you for a fact that there are many more hires that come indirectly through LinkedIn. Do I have you convinced yet? You just might want to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Let me introduce you to someone who's going to tell us how. Introducing Andrew Jenkins. If that name sounds familiar, I also interviewed Andrew over a year ago for Talk About Talk episode number 7 on social media. 
Andrew Jenkins has provided social media strategy and social selling services to numerous mid-to-large enterprises such as CIBC, Royal Bank of Canada, BMO Nesbitt Burns, National Bank, Sirius XM, The Globe and Mail, and more. He spent the last 20 years working in technology spanning social media, wireless, and e-business. Andrew holds a BA in economics, a BFA in film production, and an MBA. He currently also teaches social media strategies for the enterprise at the University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us here to talk about LinkedIn. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. I'm going to start by asking you about the objective or the purpose. So, so why would we want a LinkedIn account? In this day and age where connections are um, all the more important, virtual or otherwise, and this new world of work uh, and having to rely on digital networking to replace offline networking, I think people need to be more conscious of the power of network transparency and the, if you want to call it the social graph. If I'm on LinkedIn, I now know who you know. Your network is transparent to me. And so I can say to you, according to LinkedIn, you know so-and-so. Would you be comfortable in introducing me or is it okay if I reached out to them and say that you actually recommended me and, I'll, and there's no more effort on your part? That network transparency is something that is often overlooked or never thought of or considered. And that's just an, one aspect of the overlooked value of LinkedIn. So would you say that LinkedIn has become a more necessary, a more important tool Oh, uh, very much so. Um, We've seen just with clients that we work with and so on, a rise in activity on LinkedIn. And 85% of jobs are filled through networks, not through job postings. So if you're not networking, I'm sorry, it's going to be particularly challenging. And, you know, I've been mentoring some some people. And as part of that mentorship, I, I tell them, connect with me on LinkedIn and look in my network. And I reached out to six different people on my network that they had identified as people they would like to talk to. Six out of six, I said, I have this person that I'm assisting and mentoring. They have identified you as someone they'd like to speak with from a networking, information gathering, not not asking for a job, just wanting to talk to. Yeah. And all six said yes. Yeah. And they've all had virtual or like just either Zoom or phone conversations with them. And I mean, not everyone is that receptive, but this is the new reality. And so we have to up our digital um, networking skills and, and perhaps get a little bit out of our comfort zones of cold calling people in a digital way. Well, what you described there, I think, is not really what I would call cold calling, right? It was more warm calling. It's through that's another right. person, and that's probably why they were receptive. So, right. so what I heard in your answer about the purpose of object or objective of LinkedIn then is that it serves to help us in job searches. Of course, you mentioned that, mm-hmm. time, but really it's the network. It's the connecting. Well, it's, it's an often used phrase that your network is your net worth. I like that. Uh, but for me personally... I owe my career to to LinkedIn. So from my perspective, I describe it as not uh, even for uh, sales teams that I've trained and and other speaking engagements where I've talked about LinkedIn. I've said LinkedIn is not necessarily for a job search or it's a place to make valuable connections. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you equate making a connection on LinkedIn to something where someday there will be an exchange of value. Mm -hmm. And don't always think it's got to be something, what's in it for me. Actually, there's more value to come from you actually paying it forward and being of assistance to others. 
uh, Malcolm Gladwell talked about it in the tipping point about the, the strength of weak ties. Right. And I have found oftentimes when I've reached out to someone I barely know on LinkedIn, asking for their assistance, that they've been more receptive to help me or to help me on help me help someone else than someone I know very very closely or deeply. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. This relates nicely to some comments that we heard from Sharon Ma Jin. She's a executive recruiter that I interviewed about the power of networking, and she talks a lot about reciprocality and offering value to others. So that's interesting. Should everyone have a LinkedIn account? I think it's fair to say that not everyone needs it. It depends on what your objectives are or what it is that you do. You know, I know when my son was in high school and co-op, they were required to set up a, a LinkedIn account. Now, like there's a joke that goes around and says, like, if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist. <laughs> but there's 700 million accounts on LinkedIn, but only about 3 million share content on a monthly basis. So there's a huge delta between the number of people who have an account and the number of people who are active. And a lot of people will dismiss it as a place just to go to get a job. And a lot of other people don't like being active on it because they get inundated with people wanting to work for their firm or, or being sold. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah, me too. And I, I think we'll probably talk, touch on that later. Yeah, yeah. But this idea, though, that it is a social network, but it's a professional social network. And so... Uh, the analogy I use is you're at the soccer game on the weekend with your kids and you're on the sidelines with another parent. You don't always talk about soccer. Right. You'll start talking about what you do during the week or other things. And suddenly, oh, they say something. Oh, I know someone about that. And suddenly you're networking on the side of the side. And so can you transfer that kind of serendipity uh, into a virtual world through LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about your son being instructed to create a LinkedIn account. I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about optimizing our profile. So whether you are creating one from scratch or you already have one and you're looking to improve it, what are some easy things that people can do to optimize their profile? Work your way down, okay. starting at the top. Often people will just default to their title. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have your title. You can, but don't stop there. They've made some refinements. You now have uh, up to 200 characters for your headline. So put your value proposition. What is it you have to offer? What is it, what's your strengths, your expertise? You can, like I said, it can still include a job title if you want. If you want to put some certifications like MBA, DBA, CFP, whatever, that's fine. Because a lot of people are looking for, you know, uh, well-known credentials or designations. Can you give us an example? Say, say I'm a vice president of marketing. That's a very generic title. Right. What kind of marketing do you do? Um, areas of expertise. Again, what kind of value are you delivering to that organization? And can you put it succinctly in 200 characters? What would make me read further down your profile? Now, the other thing to think about, one of the reasons you want to have a like, provocative or eye-catching headline is when you are commenting on someone else's post and someone looks at the thread of commenters yep. and you're all directors of marketing, you don't stand out. There's no differentiation. But if you've got this provocative statement about you, something as subtle as that, and to be more conscious of, like it's your personal brand walking around inside LinkedIn. So right. what is it you're doing to leave these digital breadcrumbs that are related to your personal brand? It's probably the most important thing because as you said, it's showing up. That's right. Well, and it's the first thing people see when they hit your profile. So there's the three things that are in combination when people first hit your profile. It's the banner image, your headshot, and the headline. And so you want to have them working in unison. 
So when you look at my LinkedIn profile, yep. my banner image is a collage of images of me speaking. Right. So I don't I've even have that. to tell you that I'm a speaker. Like it's there I am on stage. You know I speak. Then there's my headshot, which is a professional headshot. So whenever you're at a conference and someone sponsored a photographer, take the 10 minutes, take the opportunity. But LinkedIn even has a video that's hashtag work selfie. This shows you how to take a picture of yourself, neutral background with your smartphone. And that's a lot better than a gray ghost. And avoid your vacation pics. <laughs> no pictures with remnants of other people. The number of people that I've seen use scuba diving. What about the background, the banner ad? Because I've seen people there putting things like scuba diving, or whatever, where it's kind of showing that they have another side to them? or Well, you raise an interesting point. So I've worked one-on-one with some executives on their LinkedIn profile. Recently, I was working with a, a partner in an accounting firm. And I said, when you think about the banner image, we can use it to humanize you, to show other aspects of you. What is it you would want to convey with an image? And he said, diversity. He said, I like to work with diverse teams. Hmm. I really evangelize diversity in all its shapes and forms. And so we found an image that was representative of that theme. For another executive who works in the energy space, he wanted to talk about the innovation in the energy space. So we found, it's still a stock photo, but something that conveyed that rather than just the default blue background. So again, it's free. Throw something up there that this is all about personal branding. And think about all the icebreakers that you're asked to to share when you go to a networking event. Like LinkedIn, I've been into some of their events and they'll say, tell the room one thing about you that's not on your LinkedIn profile as an icebreaker. Uh, So now we've got our background. We've got our headshot. We've got our headline. Can you go through all of the elements kind of from top to bottom, just briefly sure. talking about the do's and the don'ts, maybe what the common mistakes are? And, I, and also, I should add, I know that we can play with the order, right? We can move things up or down depending on the relevance and what, what we want. So the next section after your headline is the about or the summary section. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, you can move them around, but typically people are just going through the default settings. Now, the about section only displays about three lines of text. So this is where I I tell people, give thought to what those first three sentences say. Uh, It's the opening of your story. Below that third line are two words, see more. Right. And what would give me cause to click see more? Right. And the other thing is your LinkedIn profile is not your resume. This is kind of, I call it the story of you. And the about section is a summary that stitches together all the chapters of of your career that are listed below. Okay. So I have a question about the, about the about section. I've noticed some profiles that are, that are very impressive that do exactly what you said. They kind of draw you in. So you click on see more. Should it be written in first person? So... I help companies, blah, blah, blah. Or should it be in third person, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, right? It should be written in first person. Imagine if your, your summary went to a networking event on your behalf. Okay. It wouldn't be talking about you in the third person. This is not Seinfeld. This is you talking about yourself. Write it as if you're trying to build rapport and trust. Okay. You've got 2,000 characters, so take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is, I don't want to say keyword stuff, but... I was just thinking things, that. 
<laughs> some of the things that are written there are going to aid your being discovered. Right. Uh, and so you can list your areas of expertise. I've you seen can- that in the last six months. I've noticed a lot of people changing their about section to introduce themselves. And then at the end, it lists their areas of expertise. In fact, I, I did that as well. Like I have courses but and coaching in the following areas. I did a bit of a hack. And this doesn't stop anyone else from doing the same thing. So I, I, Oh, well, we're all going to do the same thing, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Well, so I have my own company. So I can list as many roles at my company Ooh. related to me as, as, I, as I wish. Oh, so I have my as the principal running the company and then I've added a second role speaker and the reason I did that is because with that secondary role it gives me more screen real estate to describe what I do as a speaker and panelist and I list all the conferences that I've spoken at or been a panelist and so every new conference that I've spoken at virtual or otherwise etc I add that and then if there's any media of me standing on stage or a video clip or whatever I add that media to that section as well amazing So you're updating it, you're adding to your credibility. Yes. I should jump back just briefly to the the about section. You know, we've talked a lot about what you write there, but you can have media there. You can have you on YouTube. You, You can put a thumbnail, but the link is to a podcast. The way I describe it is that your LinkedIn profile could be the most media-rich business card you could dream of having. Exactly. I love that. Throw more media into it. This is all stuff you can't do with a resume. So is the media in the about section in addition to the featured section, which is usually below that? Where they have well, so that, that's where they're bringing some of that to the forefront is into that featured section. Okay. So you could do both, right? You could put something in yes. the about section and also in the featured section. Okay. But for instance, if I write an article, a LinkedIn publisher article that gets featured in the featured section, Okay. but it's also listed in my activity, but not necessarily listed as media in my about section. Okay. The same principles apply for all the roles. It's a chapter in, in your career. I would give emphasis to any of the roles that are for the last five years. And I saw a comment recently from someone else, uh, a millennial who does a lot of work on LinkedIn. She made a comment about people saying open for new opportunities is their headline. And there's a new setting on LinkedIn that says you can say I'm a available for new opportunities. The recommendation was not to blatantly put that as your headline because I don't want to say there's an element of desperation, but... I think there is. But again, it's about being proud of who you are and what you've accomplished. And if people want to recruit you, they will. Because you can change that setting for recruiters, so it's behind the scenes that you're doing that anyway. Put the emphasis on who you are, what you've accomplished, and that personal brand kind of thing. And I thought... I I actually, I have to say I agree. And I loved your your previous point about the headline. It should announce what you're proud of and why people should trust you and why they would want to talk to you, right? And they they don't want to talk to you because you're looking for a job. Right. They want to talk to you because of your experience and your expertise. So what about... So there's like the section where that lists your job That's experience. The, right. So uh, then you're going to get into education and volunteer and recommendations and endorsements. So again, those are other chapters. It's not the appendix of your career or anything like that. People will make a connection with someone who's an alumni of the same program. Mm-hmm. So don't overlook your education, even if it was a while ago. And as well, if you've done any recent certifications or professional development. And sometimes some organizations, they cut their applicants. For example, they'll say, we're not going to look at anyone that doesn't have an MBA just because it's probably an easy sort of objective, quantifiable measure that they can. It's an easy filter. Yeah. And then volunteering. You may make a connection like you and I met on a board. 
Mm-hmm. People outside of their work, if they're on the board of a nonprofit, may lead to a connection. And so don't overlook that section. And the, the last two main sections, recommendations. When was the last recommendation that you got? Yeah. Sometimes they can be gamed. I'll write you a recommendation if you write me one. Or yeah. I'd love a recommendation. I know you're busy. I took the liberty of writing it for yeah. you. Uh, and so that's my take on recommendations. So I'm sure many, many of them are legitimate, but also many of them are not. Right. Yeah. So you have to be careful. You want them valid. And you know, the other one that receives more scrutiny is endorsements. Right. I just have to click a button to endorse you. Yeah. The one thing I highlight about that is that the more you are endorsed for specific skills, the higher you rank and search for those skills. Yeah. So if you are job searching, that may be critical, right? Yeah. And the top three are the ones that get displayed. Okay. It's three that get displayed. So I haven't even looked at what mine are. <laughs> well, so then, so that's the thing. It's like I tell people, like, go look at the three that are displayed. Are they the ones you want to be known for? Just like keywords in your summary section, you're trying to help your discoverability. Right. And then I guess the last thing is interests, right? You can follow organizations or people and then they show up as interests. Does, does that right. matter? Well, sometimes you forget what you clicked on. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I don't want that there. And yeah. so they were showing some of their political affiliations. Yeah, that's not good. And they're so far down your profile, like they're not a priority. But I just flag it as just be mindful of what's displayed there. That's all. Mm-hmm. We've been hired to do social audits on executives that were being considered for senior roles. And, you know, in one instance, they were going to be a CFO and we found nothing. And so we delivered the audit and they go, well, there's nothing here. I said, well, that's what you want. There's nothing. There's no red flags. They were clean. Think about every digital breadcrumb you leave. Yeah. Uh, So uh, the social audit is an interesting, interesting topic in and of itself, right? So I know a lot of senior executives who have no digital footprint, really. They may have, like you said, a placeholder on LinkedIn or a placeholder on Facebook, but th- that's really it. Is that, a, is that a good thing? Is that better than nothing? Or Well, there, there's two different audits. There's the auditing of their own digital presence and, and digital breadcrumbs. And then there's, have they been talked about? Just because you don't have a LinkedIn account doesn't mean you're not being talked about online. Now, for many people, if it's a small business, fine. Like you can fly below the radar for a very, very long time. Okay, so I think that's a great insight, right? You have a digital footprint, which may include your social media profiles, but it may include articles written by your firm or by journalists or whatever. So Google yourself as you said. Have someone Google you because Google now is so tied to our own search habits. Yeah. Have someone else Google you because approach the search is not going to be tainted like it would be for you. Or just don't use Google. (laughs) Those of you who have not watched the movie on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. Yeah. Someone who worked for Google actually at the end says, I use Quant, Q-W-A-N-T, to do search because it doesn't track your history or keep it. Fascinating. (laughs) So you may not have a digital footprint whatsoever, and you might be quite content with that, and that's okay. But if it's at all concerning, have somebody search your name and see what they come up with. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I guess the way to think about it is that social media is an opportunity to craft your personal brand online. Let's shift gears then to etiquette and posting. Can you take us through some do's and don'ts, maybe what topics are off limits, particularly on LinkedIn? Sure. I'll touch on posting for a moment. People say, well, I don't have time. If you're five minutes early for a meeting, fire up LinkedIn and just comment on a post or share a post. Instead of surfing Facebook, surf LinkedIn. See if yep. someone's written an article of interest or whatever. Like just swap it out and find these moments to engage. 
Use a Google Alert to find content around certain topics that you might want to build thought leadership about and put the emphasis more on commenting on other people's articles for visibility. You know, comment on someone else who has higher visibility, comment on something they've shared and see who likes the comment that you made. And if whatever comment you made garners a reaction, that could inspire you to write a blog post. You can then go back to those seven people that liked it and say, oh, by the way, here's a blog post or a podcast or another article. And suddenly I'm building a relationship with these people. I haven't sold them anything. I'm not trying to sell them anything. We've just made a connection over mutual interests. Brilliant. Yes, that's a, a bit of effort. Yeah. But as people become increasingly reliant on LinkedIn to make connections, be genuine, be human. Don't use the default message from LinkedIn saying, I'd like to add you to my personal network on LinkedIn. I heard a great example from a friend of mine, someone in his network posted on Friday night at five o'clock saying, we're all working from home now. My wife likes to put on Led Zeppelin when it's five o'clock on Friday to celebrate the end of the week and the weekend is here. What if any music do you play to signify the end of the week? I love and it. We just started this whole thread of comments and this was on LinkedIn. Yeah. He was being human it was tied to work. Right. And on Monday morning, just said, isn't it great that we can talk about Led Zeppelin on LinkedIn? Let's stay connected. Yeah. And that was so genuine, so human, so real versus anything that felt scripted. Right. And that's the sad state I'm seeing on LinkedIn. And if I had to summarize etiquette, just be yourself. It'll go a long way. Well put, well put. Let's move on then to the five rapid fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one, what are your pet peeves? The person who ended up being my boss at Bell during an interview said, you're very even, you're low key. What what pisses you off? Oh. Said, but like, I know that I I'm, can be somewhat hard to read. And so he said, like, what pisses you off? I said, being made to look unprofessional. Okay, well, I'm going to make you look great with this podcast, Andrew. <laughs> Question number two, what type of learner are you? I'm the stereotypical guy who doesn't read the instructions, but I will watch a YouTube video and that's taking me through how to do something. Thank God for YouTube because it's become this, it's the number two search engine. Just type in the words how to into the search field. But I have found YouTube invaluable to watch a minute clip. I literally just, how do I do X? And there's a YouTube video that shows me how to do it. So Yeah, the poor repair man. He's done. <laughs> Question number three, introvert or extrovert? Uh, introvert. I think back to when I did my MBA and the thought of standing up in front of my class would make me sick to my stomach. And now I can stand up in front of four and speak quite comfortably. Yeah, I've seen you speak, yeah. Question number four, communication preference for personal conversation. I can't say that I don't like talking on the phone. I find lengthy conversations on the phone I don't enjoy. I rather prefer in-person or, or the virtual digital equivalent. Or I like Slack or texting just because it's like the one thing I need to ask you so I don't have to have a five-minute conversation to get to the point. Right, so. got it. Last question, is there a podcast, a blog, or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most these days? Uh, Pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. They have a mixture, but they're, they're talking about a variety of things that are happening in the media space. So that's my recommendation. Okay. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to add about LinkedIn? Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay. I will make sure I put your coordinates in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. You're very welcome. Thanks so much. So... Like I said, after I said goodbye to Andrew, I went straight to LinkedIn and I updated my profile. No major changes, but lots of little tweaks. Thanks again to Andrew for all of his great advice. Before you rush off to make changes to your profile, let me briefly summarize just a few important things here. A reminder, 
you can find the full checklist of what to do section by section in the show notes. But in the meantime, here are a few things that Andrew shared that I just want to reiterate. First and foremost, as Andrew mentioned many times, LinkedIn is not just for job searching. Of course, people do get jobs through LinkedIn, but it is a lot more than that. LinkedIn is for networking, it's for learning, and it's for creating your professional brand. It's much more than a business card. It's even much more than a resume. It's a transparent network. Think about that. And it's a media-rich opportunity to establish your professional brand. It's also an effective way to control at least part of your digital footprint. And last, when it comes to etiquette and posting on LinkedIn, Andrew suggests, be genuine, be human, just be yourself. It'll go a long way. That's empowering, isn't it? Okay, now I have three things for you to do. They're all online. First, get the step-by-step checklist that I created for you to help you optimize your LinkedIn profile. Go to talkabouttalk.com, click on podcast, and then show notes. It's right there for you. Second, while you're on the Talk About Talk website, sign up for the weekly newsletter. It's free. It's never spammy, I promise. And it's like getting free communication coaching from me every week. Third and last, go to LinkedIn and connect with me and with Andrew Jenkins. Got that? So three things. One, get the LinkedIn checklist in the show notes. Two, sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. And three, go to LinkedIn and connect with me and with Andrew Jenkins. All right, that's it. I really look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and talk soon. Talk soon.